Welcome to Find the Humor with your hosts, Matt Miner and Connor O'Leary. Hi, and welcome to Find the Humor. I'm Connor O'Leary. I'm Matt Miner. And, and... Uh, you might notice us difference in this episode um we're recording uh via uh, uh an app for podcasting and we are uh, all in different cities right now yeah you uh, know there's there's a little bit of a pandemic going on and stuff like that so you know we're all staying at home i'm currently in indianapolis uh in my childhood bedroom uh matt where are you at um i'm in a blanket fort that i constructed in my room at purdue that Sounds yeah. like it would be a, a really nice place to record audio, actually, uh, uh, just exactly. because it's it's so uh, soft. All the structures. Um, well, if you if you like my audio quality coming from me right now, go ahead and uh, drop some money on some fresh AirPods because uh, that is the recording device which I'm using right now. Matt, what what equipment are you working with right now? I'm I'm using my phone. That that's and it. What, what phone would that be? Want to give that company a plug? Uh, yeah, an Apple uh, iPhone 8. All right, so if you can find an Apple iPhone 8 on the market anywhere and you like Matt's audio, go ahead and get that. Uh, anyway, anyway you... one good thing about this is that <laughs> this entire situation has allowed us to uh, go all the way to L.A. to a truly experienced man and comedian. His name is Jared Kastenbaum. We're very happy to have him on the show today. Jared Give us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your experience, where you come from, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. What's up, guys? Super fun. I'm on a, uh, I'm on an iPhone 10. If you like that oh, audio quality, I was going to ask. So if you like Jared's, uh, yeah, <laughs> probably go. It'll be a little easier to find a, a iPhone 10 than an iPhone 8. Yeah, I know this is um just high high fidelity audio right here. We're practically in the studio. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm Jared. I, I went to Purdue University, uh, graduated in 2017. Um, and during my last couple of years there, I started uh, doing some stand-up. And the first year of that was um, just like open mics every now and then. It was like, you know, really at, on a campus like Purdue, it was hard to do more than like really one or two a month. Um, trying to do like the, the all the student mics and then go down to Indianapolis whenever I could or up to Chicago, which was pretty rare and then but my senior year um started doing it a lot more also started kind of like hosting some things like hosted battle of the bands and different events like that just getting stage time to kind of work out that muscle as well but then uh after graduating i moved to chicago actually for about nine months pretty briefly mainly because i was just kind of like a scared little boy trying to figure out what to do with my life and my sister was yeah. up in chicago mm-hmm. um and so i just lived with my sister for about nine months and i did some stand-up up there um, but definitely was in a honestly a quite depressed state. So that wasn't a, a whole lot of fun. Um, it wasn't until I was able to move to L.A. that I, was, I started attacking it significantly harder. And been here I actually just passed two years a couple of weeks ago um, being in L.A. So that's kind of my, my geographic journey. Um, but with stand up, um, it's been such a fun ride writing jokes and uh, doing improv out here and doing a lot of stand up, starting to travel a little bit more doing stand up. Um, yeah. What what was the question? Yeah, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I saw I saw that you recently you did like a, a pretty big road trip around uh, like the Southwest doing stand up. Is that right? Yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm finally getting to the point where 
I know people out here in LA that are pretty much from anywhere in the country. So I can like hit them up and say, Hey, can you give me a connection to, to whatever town um, and help me organize a show out there? So I was able to kind of, I got into a comedy festival in Eastern Texas in a town called Paris, which is a little bit North of Dallas. And so I was in okay. a festival out there and that was kind of the impetus for the whole trip. But I was able to um, then contact a bunch of small towns along the way. Not, not all small. I mean, I did Phoenix too, but a bunch of towns along the way. Um, and Mike was able to connect with different comedy scenes and just like pretty much drive six to 10 hours, do a show that night, find a, a friend of a friend, mainly like I was staying with people I barely knew or had like maybe mm-hmm. met once, crash on their couch, get up the next morning, shower and hit the road for another six to 10 hours to the next town and then did that. For pretty much seven days straight there and back, and it was a blast. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, that's super one cool. Of the, one of the more fun. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it can be a more regular thing. I'm at a point where, um, doing more festivals. I've started to do some of the clubs in the same region too, um, like Tucson. Um, performing more in Phoenix occasionally. Definitely, I go down to San Diego to perform. It's been about one weekend a month because there's like five comedy clubs in San Diego and I'm like kind of in with two or two sort of three of them. And so I'm I'm able to like do a weekend of like somewhere between two to four shows um, at each of those places about every four or five months. And so trying to that ends up being down there every now and then. And there's some really good shows. There's just so much more stage time in San Diego than L.A. too. Um, yeah. So, oh, really? Uh, but just because L.A. is so saturated. So like when I, oh, that makes okay. sense i rarely do a set in la that's longer than 10 minutes if i do that's like really rare i but in san diego i've done 15 to 20 minutes pretty consistently that's pretty yeah, awesome so even yeah even just going from la to san diego there's that much fewer people yeah what is it like two, two hour drive yeah it's drive? like i mean that is Whoa, what? one of the drives two, two two and a half or so that's one of the drives that's insane that, that's one of the drives that really varies depending on the southern california traffic i mean if you leave at 4 p.m that drive is a four-hour drive so it's like but if you do that in the dead of night that's that's like a little bit less than two hours i mean i've driven one time i did like right before christmas this last year i had a club weekend at um, a club called the madhouse in san diego it was like the 20th and 21st and i drove back to la after the fourth show on that saturday and mm-hmm. I, that drive was like an hour and a half because I was also like kind of running on the high of just like crushing a show. And I was like going <laughs> and I, the highway was like empty and I was just like whizzing down that highway at like 90 miles an hour. That's yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> I honestly didn't know they were that far apart because, uh, you know, I'm from the Midwest and I've never gone any farther west than Chicago. So uh, I've <laughs> yeah. I've always just thought like, oh, San Diego and L.A., they're like right next to each other. <laughs> I mean, in a sense but that's like are. saying that like. Well, yeah, but I, I, mean, I honestly I, didn't even know that San Francisco was like halfway, like it's in the middle of California. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you got San Francisco, San Diego, L.A. They're all right there no, on the coast. No, <laughs> uh, no yeah, San Francisco no. far because that's like a seven hour drive. And I don't really I've I've never done that drive. Actually. Oh, no. Why would you? That's seven hours. It's terrible. Well, that. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, it, as we've exposed in previous podcasts, Connor's idea of reality can be somewhat skewed sometimes <laughs> but um, have we discussed that it's, before it's uh, no it's just kind of evident okay um, yeah that's fair <laughs> <laughs> but um jared uh it's awesome to have someone of your expertise um on the show but yeah puff me up what we 
what we truly want is, you know, we all write jokes. Me and Connor, um, aspiring comedians, done a little bit of stand-up here and there. Like you said, kind of hard to get on open mic circuit at a place like Purdue. We know that uh, you have jokes that didn't work out and or that are still in development. And so those okay. are what we want to hear. So if you just want to hit us with your first one, just jokes that, that, are, absolute... that are not doing well, that's what we want to give the taste of. Either jokes that are not doing well or jokes that you have like kind of written, but you're like still fleshing out or you just honestly, Connor and I have um, had jokes in the past where it's just one sentence of something that we thought was funny. Yeah. Literally not even a joke, yeah. but just like, we had like a, idea. we had like a 20 minute conversation based on the prompt tree people. And, uh, I, I, we still don't really know what my original thought was, but, uh, so there's, there's no pressure to be right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you, do you well, have I think like a... kind of I think Tolkien kind of already figured out the tree people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so I'm assuming uh, you do have like a kind of a, a maybe a notepad or a section on your phone where you write down all your ideas. So uh, if so, just uh, maybe go through that and just read something that uh, you want to kind of piece out with us. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I have so I have like a note on my on my phone that I just kind of keep. Um, that's more just like premises and stuff. There's not really mm. any punchlines in there. And then usually what I'll try to do is is translate them into into actual jokes with punchlines. And then I have a notebook that I carry on me at all times, too, because there's so many social situations to where whipping out your phone is kind of rude. But if I whip oh, out yeah. a notebook, I look really studious. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. So, that's, so that's I just I just did I that last say, night. Completely different. Yeah, I'm an artist. What are you going to try yeah. to stop me? Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Totally. totally. I, I started carrying around a little notebook on me during college, partly because there were classes where the professors were sticklers you know, and I couldn't like without mm. my phone to take a note. Um, and so I'm on my, I just, I just looked, I'm on my f- notebook number 51 of my pocket notebooks. Oh, wow. Um, so, How little of a year. notebook are we talking right now? Like wallet I mean, it fits size? In my back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's in my back pocket. They look like passports, honestly. Oh, you know, okay. Like that That's kind of cool. Yeah. And yeah. what, yeah, uh, did you say 51? Yeah. yeah. That's insane. I mean, I write other stuff in there too. You know, it's not, it, it started out as just a notebook like a like a joke notebook um mm-hmm. but then it, it definitely has turned into like just anything i don't want to forget so sometimes that turns into just like observations about life or depending on the circumstance it can end up being a little bit of a journaling technique just to kind of like vent my emotions i'm very much a verbal processor which is i think why i like to perform too but like i can um for me if i don't have somebody to process to i need to like write it down to like just to like get that emotion even out of my head even if it's just a quick yeah. little oh. scribble once it's on the paper, it can escape my mind. But before it's on the paper, it it ruminates in my head, just and I it has to come out in some way. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I do the same thing just on my phone, so it just looks a little more rude when I do it. Is all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I tw- switched to notebook because it's like, who's gonna tell you to stop writing? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just picturing like Connor's mom being like. Connor, no phone to the table, and Connor just being like, "I'm journaling." <laughs> yeah. just... No, the no, funniest totally. thing though, the funniest thing though is like, it though because I used to have a notebook, but I stopped uh, doing it because I was like, "Hey, you know, my phone's just with me all the time." Um, but when I was doing it, I was like, "Damn, this looks so fucking professional. I look like a goddamn journalist." But at the same time, if you could see the shit I was writing down, it was like. 
what the fuck is up with flamingos in their backwards knees? It was just like the yeah. dumbest shit, <laughs> but it looked yeah. so fancy. <laughs> yeah, there. One of my favorite memes, which I know it's super talk about memes on a podcast, but there's a comedy meme about about a kid. But it's like an open micer, and he's he's like, um, I don't know, has some like poop joke, has some fart joke about Taco Bell, and then the next uh-huh. scene is like him talking on a podcast, and he's like, yeah, comedians are philosophers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally want people to act like so many comedians are like, yeah, we're the only ones. I don't know, like speaking truth into the world, and then I'm like, dude, you do dick jokes nine nine times out of ten. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah we're like philosophizing about what? Yeah, <laughs> that's not philosophy. That's that's just like the insides of your mind that nobody really wanted to come out anyway. Yeah, and like <laughs> sometimes true. comedians will say like deep stuff, but at the same time, it's not even what they're saying. Sometimes it's just how they're saying it, which is funny. But yeah. uh, no, I, I I love that approach to to comedy because i think you know you look at like george carlin he was saying like really controversial philosophical stuff every once in a while uh but at the end of the yeah. day he was most known for saying the seven dirtiest words that you can't say on television yeah totally all right all right um, yeah, so i can go into jokes. jared let's let's get to your yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. man um you guys don't want to go first that's a lot of pressure um all right here here i can we can i can go first okay just i don't want yeah to matt okay. i was wondering so, do you have any do you have any what it looks like yeah, yeah, uh, Matt. I was wondering, do you have any uh, like quarantine thoughts? Like, do you have any thoughts that you've uh, kind of gone insane and written down? Oh goodness, that's. I was wondering, like, if you don't, um, that's totally cool. Actually, Good for you was, for keeping your sanity. There was there was one that I had, but it was because I I went to the airport. I've just been this thing has been stuck in my head because when I got on the trolley for the airport um, to go from like one terminal to the other, it was like. Uh, it was in the Denver airport, and it was like, the doors are closing. And then there was like a, da, da, na, 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 na. And I was like, oh. I wish I could just say, like, random things throughout the day and then just be like, da, na, 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 na. Like, there was just like a jingle that I could just, like, make everyone hear right after I said Wait. it. It's like, we're out of toilet paper. Did the da, vo- na, da, na, na, na. <laughs> Did the voice say it, or was it just like a tone? That followed no, no, no. those. It was like a tone. Oh, okay. But wouldn't that be better if I, the I voice like, said it? <laughs> that, it would be so much better. Uh, I would pay attention oh, more man. if I, I was like, I would be like, who the fuck is singing right now? And then they'd be like, oh, that's the that's the announcement. They're letting yeah. you know that the doors are closing. <laughs> yeah. So that's been my only quarant- repeat, like repeated quarantine thought is just thinking about the funniest way that I could possibly like put that into like a a, a bit where it's just like. I just have different phrases like, and I'm having Fruit Loops. Da-na, na-na-na-na. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like a statement like, to get people's attention. Yeah, also, but also that'd be but such like, a killer tag good. on the very, very end of a set. That, I mean, that, that'd be your like, thank you. That's yeah. To do that one last time that's at the end. That's true. Like, do that joke at the beginning. And then whatever your last thought is, you literally just add the tone thing and then be like, thank you. That's my time. It would just feel like such wow. a succinct set, you know? That's true. It just like bookends, yeah. like boom, boom, slap it on either side. You need a good callback. And then everyone. For your tight five. You need a good callback. It, it make people oh, exactly. love a good callback. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's a good one. Get, if, you can get, if you can get a callback in and, uh, and, that short of a time yeah you know like they're not gonna crazy. forget much within five minutes so yeah. if you can set something up and then immediately jump topics yeah, uh, yeah. then i think you might be able to effectively do a callback like that but i do think that that is a lot of fun um because you only really Vince hear Beck. like you you only really hear tones like that for uh 
like like in the subway and it's always like when the doors are closed i don't know it's always yeah. to get the people's attention but it's always after they've made the announcement i don't know kind of just kinda... like at the end of my set just be like and i hate shrimp that's good i like it uh p home um, has a joke that's that that reminded me of where he he's like you ever walking through the airport and hear somebody tell you information and then just ask yourself, like, who books that? How do I get on that? <laughs> I just think that's so funny, because especially in L.A., that is such the mentality of all the comedians of, like, every single thing. People are just like, how, how do I get on that? What, how, yeah. how do I get on that show? How do I get on that lineup? Who do I, I got to talk to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I bet that's true. It's just that nothing seems out of reach for them. Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, and that's why I feel like it's so different doing comedy at a university, because it's like oh, like some of my really close friends are the ones who are organizing these open mics. So I don't have to be worried about, you know, finding open mics to do and stuff like that. True. Uh, you guys ever go to well, Indianapolis uh, and do any of those mics? Uh, I've, I've gone to watch, but I've never okay. never cool. built up the yeah, noise. Those, those guys are really good. Yeah, there's some really, really fun mics in Indy. Yeah, well, uh, Jared, do you need another example? No, I, of, uh, I mean, I've got a couple. All right, so, let's... Um, so like my, my style of standup is definitely a little bit more, um, when I started, I was very story based and now I'd say I'm significantly more like small punchlines and like kind of fast paced, um, one twos, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but so I guess I got a couple different types of jokes. So like, I love trying to figure out how to like insert a good pun, but one pun that I came up with recently was I. And, and I've done this live a couple times and it hasn't gone nearly as well as I thought it would, but here we go. <laughs> but I just say, um, I was like, I, I saw a girl who was really seizing the day the other day. And I was like, carpe diem, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I, when I thought of that, I was laughing I, so hard at myself. <laughs> That's one of those that I could definitely, like, I think it's hilarious, but I could definitely understand why it hasn't been doing yeah it's a pun at the end of the day you know like (laughs) totally i don't know i feel like i run into the same problem as well like i'll make a pun that's really fucking clever and nobody will laugh at it and i'll bring it up and i'll say guys why is nobody laughing that was clever as fuck and then everyone's like it was a pun we're not gonna laugh (laughs) at your shitty puns and yeah, that's just how. It but goes. everybody but, thinks that see, all puns are shitty, and that's just not the case. There are some good puns. I know. That is not the case at all. No. See, and I was thinking uh, about well, this the other day. What? Why do people hate puns so much? Is it because, like, I don't know. I can't think of a reason. Like, I think, it's because I think they're so easily reusable. I th- I think it. I think at the end of the mm-hmm. day, people. Because, I mean, so puns are almost always associated with dad jokes at this point in in vernacular. That's what I was thinking. And I think mm-hmm. that. And I think the reason that is is because puns don't take a lot of context, which I think for for my stand up style, I enjoy that because it allows me to like um, really quickly tell multiple jokes in a row that feel kind of esoteric because there's not. I think. It's, I think comedians either need one really solid through line or they need to be so scatterbrained that is their through line. And I yeah, think I always sense. go for the, for the latter. Um, and so like, yeah, but, but I think that we've, we've become, we've begun to associate puns with dad jokes because dads can just whip them out whenever they want with no context. And that's usually how they try mm-hmm. to make a four-year-old laugh. But a four-year-old yeah, never and that's, a carpe diem joke. I mean, that's a that's a quality pun, you guys. I mean, yeah, that's true. You're totally <laughs> right. But see, that's what worries me about a person is I don't want to grow up and then in like 
well, grow up more. And then in like 15, 20 years, I'm just like dressed exactly how my dad is dressed right now. Yeah. And New balances. I'm telling, I'm telling puns that I'm like, come on guys, that was funny. And then they're like, dad, you have to stop. But also what happens with dads and we can move on in a second, but also what happens with dads is they never, once you become a dad, you interact with your own kids so much, you lose uh, a lot of, any inspiration to to have new material other than kid humor mm. and so i bet i, I know I, like uh, yeah like i was you thinking could... like mike burbiglia's latest special was like all oh about his kid yeah. which is fine but uh and like it was really funny but it, it was just sad for people like me who can't relate to that aspect of life sure, so i couldn't sure. enjoy it as much as other people no totally he they, well i loved his new special but yeah you're right i mean it's like and even Pete Holmes, who's my favorite comedian, his last special is like 75% about his new baby. And it's like, it, because once you have a kid, it, that's your life. And that's yeah. awesome. And that's dope. But it's also like, yeah, you're not going to be like, yeah, I was going out the other night. Like, that's just not going to be, <laughs> that's not going to be your premise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think to tie, to tie it back to what you were asking originally about why people don't like puns, I think it. what I was going to say even before we started talking about dads is because it has to do with the people who tell them. And usually <laughs> the people who tell them aren't these like, these like witty people. It's usually these like super dry humor, like not a lot of effort going into them. So people are just so like done with puns all the time that like, even when there is like a good one, people are like, no, I'm, I can't approve that or else it'll get worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when but you get a good I one, definitely think- it's impressive. Like, I will yeah, never I laugh at a pun, but I'll be like, all right, that was that was clever. That was clever, but I will not laugh at it. So, Jared, tell me, in your in the sets that you've tried to use yeah. this joke, is is that just the lead in? It's just like the scatterbrained or is there like a story leading into it? Yeah, that's so I have I have a solid, I would say, six or seven minutes at this point of like one liners or or, or maybe two liners, like maybe maybe two punchlines. But yeah. they know I yeah. have no connections between them. Like they, I just go and then just kind of like gotcha. punch and then and then pause, you know, just wait a, a tremendous amount of time for the laughter to yeah. subside, and then and then yeah. the next joke, um, that was a joke, but uh, and so that that's, and then usually if I have a long set, so if I do like a tight five, like like a couple of weeks ago, I did a yeah. comedy festival in front of a couple club bookers in Santa Clarita, and um, it was just like a five minute set, and so that was like just like pretty much straight one liners. Because on a short set, that's gotcha. all I'm going to do. If I if I breach 10 minutes or longer, I'll usually do like maybe five, six minutes of my one-liners and then move into my longer form jokes after that. Cool. That's a super gotcha. cool message. So I'm just curious if it would land differently if there was a, like a little bit of intro because then people are connected to them and then you're like, then you hit them with the pun and they're like, oh, that entire setup was just for well, fun. Well, I, I think that'd make it worse in my opinion. I don't want there to be a huge setup for one pun. Like I think that's... Yeah. That's also I think, true. I think to me, at least what I have come to prize in my joke writing, especially when I, when I think of a funny punchline, I, I try to think, how can I get there the fastest? um in a way that still packs the right punch because i think there there have been times where i've told jokes and i'll listen to my own set because you know you record your set or whatever and i'll listen to my set and i'm like man i took way too long to get to that punchline and then you realize like oh i don't even need to say the beginning like i'll, I'll give an example so i used to have a joke about transformers the premise is essentially like what do what do the transformers do in their off time um are they just like cars like for for the years in between the movies like do they like and then like what about the decepticons like they're like freaking fighter jets are they killing people 
in their like in between the movies that that used to be the premise of the joke which i think is already kind of funny and i was like you know it's like decepticons you know they're killing people in their off time but but optimus prime he's a semi-truck he just runs a moving company in between the movies um but then but then but that transitioned into then one of the jokes was my like my tag on the end of that joke was i was like speaking of which i was like oh yeah he, he runs a moving company during his off season um two men in a truck more like two men and really bored robot and then i which is a stupid punchline but then i go have you, you guys know that company two men in a truck right they're a pretty big company these days they need to change their name to two men in a truck and a bunch of other men and a bunch of other trucks yeah. and a corporate office in Lansing, Michigan. Yeah, this so, ain't your mom and pop shop anymore. We're yeah. a business. Exactly. And so I, that used to be the full joke. But then I realized, like, by far the funniest punchline of that is the two men in a truck thing. So now I just yeah. go, have you guys heard about that company, two men in a truck? They're a pretty big company these days. So, like, I just have – I don't even do the Transformers part anymore because I realized that the punchline that really kills in that whole thing – was just the two men in a truck thing. And so at this point, that's just part of my kind of like fast one-liner part. Yeah. That, that's like a 30-second joke. That's super cool. I had I did a, a, a five-minute open mic one time, and for like four minutes and 30 seconds, I, I really uh, did not budget my time appropriately. I was going to talk about two topics. Uh, and for four minutes and 30 seconds, I talked about the first topic. And then I don't remember what it was, but the second topic I talked about was I was going to get into the metric system and I was going to talk about how like one of the arguments for why America doesn't switch to the metric system is like uh, it would be hard for like older generations to adjust. And like my response to that was like, eh, fuck them. You know, they can learn like it, And if they don't, oh, well, you know, uh, so like that was my whole bit. And I didn't get my first laugh until I started talking about the metric system. I was like, wait. And like, I got the light and I was like, I have so much more to say. I wasted all my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at an open mic, that's kind of the point. But that, but yeah, you'd want to figure out how to shave that down for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, I would just scrap that first topic altogether. It didn't get any laughs. It was terrible. I was like, oh, this will be great, but never was. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, that being said, I have, a, I have a question for Jared really fast. What's up? So kind of going off of that, how many open mics did you would you say that you had to do before you found like a succinct set where you were like, all right, all of my material is like pretty good. I got this. Like like you were talking about doing stuff like at um, Purdue and Indy and Chicago and stuff yeah. like that. And then even when you got to L.A., I guess it. I would say just like how important is just like physical stage time in developing I think this? incredibly important. Yeah. I mean, incredibly important. It's, I mean, there's so many different facets to that because it's like the, I think translating conversational funny into stage funny is the biggest jump, right? Like so many, mm. there are so many mm-hmm. people that are funny in their own living room <clears throat> that, that are trash on a stage. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I think the biggest jump is just becoming comfortable enough that you're not conscious of being on stage. But, but then, of course, on top of that, there's just so much experimentation within the jokes that you you never know what's going to work. You realize sometimes that the way you say it is funnier than the joke itself or vice versa. Sometimes you realize that that you need to change the way you say it. I think stage time, you know, is incredibly important. When I was starting out in indie, you know, one thing I heard a lot on podcasts and stuff, too, or um, just in general was like, you need to try to figure out, you know, how to get up as, as often as possible, as many nights a week as possible. And at the end of the day, move to a place that probably can actually sustain 
at least the opportunity of daily stage time, if not your actual pursuit of daily stage time. And, you know, and in, the, in America, it's really only L.A., Chicago, New York that can sustain daily stage time. Unless mm-hmm. you're, you know, already big enough that you can do all the small towns yeah. anyway. And, and in Indy, there's like, I would say, <clears throat> five really good mics. So there's like five good mics around the week in Indianapolis. And then a bunch of crappy mics. Um, in L.A., there are thousands of crappy mics, I assume. I mean, there, there's so many thousands of crappy mics. Um, there's practically an open mic in every neighborhood on every night of the week. And it's, but they're all usually just performing for other comedians. I've successfully mm-hmm. not done open mics since September. I haven't done an open mic since September, which has felt really good. Uh, wow. Because I've been I've been doing about three or four like booked shows a week at this point, on um, like independent shows around town, or like I said, going to San Diego, Orange County, and getting more stage time. And so, most open mics, at least in LA, are only three minutes. So it's like um, if you're going to do three minutes. I can just do a, out of a 15 minute set that I'm doing in Orange County or San Diego, I'll just take two minutes to try out new jokes rather than go to an open mic for three minutes and waste two hours of my time with like subpar dick jokes, which is what most of those are anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that totally makes sense. Uh, that's super cool, though, that you're not just doing open mics. You know, when I moved out here, I thought I had a good tight five or even 10 minutes, you know, and on some level, I'm still proud of what that looked like. But the my current like if I if, if somebody told me to do a tight five now you know I mean that looks drastically different mm-hmm. than two years ago, um, and I would say I only think I found my voice in a in a significant distinct way in the last year of like becoming more kind of like I said like more like zingers and like fast paced punchlines that's more my style now and that that wasn't me at least in any intentional way until the first time I actually did a weekend at a club in San Diego, one of the club bookers came up to me after my, I think my second set there. And she was like, I love how you do one-liners. Nobody does one-liners anymore. And I was like, I didn't even realize I was doing one-liners. But then once she said that, I was like, oh, that is kind of my strength right now. Mm. And then I started to lean into that. And then the last year has been me kind of trying to push toward that just because it does. Set gotcha. Me true. So, so, from just like what you've been saying, you've reminded me a lot of um, uh, kind of like a Dimitri Martin sort of approach to comedy. Sure. Yeah, uh, what do you and mean just by the that? fact that uh, when you were talking earlier about how it's either you have either have like a string through the stand up or you have um, I forget the word that you use, but it's just so like random that that is their string. That is like I would say that yeah, that is yeah. exactly how like Dimitri Martin is. And like, he'll just have like a quick joke. And then just like not even address that he's changing and then just launch straight into another joke. Totally. I think for me, it was like Martin or like Mitch Hedberg and yeah. Bill Burnham have been really all pretty influential on that. Or do you know, do you guys yes. know Gary Goldman? He's probably my favorite guy that's like doing clubs mm-hmm. and stuff right now. Um, he's just, his joke writing is, is the best joke writing in the game oh, right wow. now. He's, his, his word choice is so particular um he i mean on some level i think he's kind of gonna be i think he should he could be considered the new seinfeld in that regard of like you can tell he's just so his his attention to each detail of every sentence is is so so in tune he's not up there winging it um which at least to me i appreciate i I like the guys that can wing it that can just kind of like have a topic and be funny and i appreciate that type of humor but at least what i'm drawn to to write is the humor that that is like i know 
why this is funny and I've written mm-hmm. it to be funny. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Well, uh, do you have any other jokes you'd yeah, like sure. to share with us? You've shared with us uh, a pun, uh, but you also said that you had premises that you wrote down. That you wrote down. Uh, I'm just curious, like what type of premises uh, yeah, those are? If you sure. have the those one that I've been trying uh, to figure out how to turn into you. a stand-up joke that just hasn't worked. Um, I've done it a couple times live in that more just kind of trying to like just spitball and see what it feels like. So like about a year ago now, I went on a date with a girl that ended up, I didn't know how old she was and she clearly didn't know how old I was. And it turned out that she was nine years older than me. And we figured that out like in the middle of the date. And both of us kind of like had a moment where we kind of like sat back and were like, (laughs) how did this just happen? Um. And that's that's yeah. cracks me up every time I think about it. And I've been and it's just been so hard to like get to the punchlines fast enough for me to feel like that joke is worth worth it because there's just so much backstory. But it is just it to me that joke just cracks me up because the way we figured out that we're nine years apart is because we were talking about musicals and we're talking about like Hamilton. We both big fans of Hamilton and we were bonding. And she was like, Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. High School Musical gets enough credit. And I was like, yeah, right there with you. And she was like, yeah, when that came out in college, I loved it. <laughs> oh. And I was like, and I was like, and I, Ooh, like, that's I didn't weird. say anything at first, but in my head, I was like, did you say college? <laughs> was like, that came out when I was, yeah, yeah I was like, do you mean High School Musical 3? Great. <laughs> you know? And I, so I was like, that, yeah. That, she was like, yeah, she was like me and my roommate. We were like so embarrassed that we liked it, but it was so fun. And I was like, I wasn't embarrassed at all. That was, I was in the Target. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> and I just, so then like, yeah. I, in the, like in the actual way the story happened, like I, I waited probably like 15 minutes to figure out if I was like, how to, how to bring this up to be like, hey, and eventually yeah. there was like a lull in the conversation. And I was like, hey, I don't know how old you think I am. And I'm sorry if this changes the date, but I'm actually only 23. I was 23 at the time. And I was like, I'm only 23. And she straight up goes, you are a baby. Uh, I know. And she's 32. Oh, no. And, That's um, so weird. Yeah, it was one of the most, it was so funny. And we, I mean, the date was still pretty enjoyable, but obviously we're not seeing each other anymore. And I think there, she she definitely had a moment where she, she like stared off. And <laughs> like, clearly like, clearly like either, I couldn't tell oh, no. myself like, what the heck did I do? do? why is God punishing me in this way or like what, what was going through her mind in this? But it, that's just one of my favorite. I mean, that's just one of those stories that I find myself telling friends a lot. And it's like, which to me means it should probably be a joke yeah. somehow, but I've just been trying to figure out how can I like hit it with the most punchlines, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I've totally heard that before from people. Um, Cause like, it's not something that I've encountered. Um, but a lot of people have said like, yeah, you know, dating in college, is the best because you can just assume anybody is within three to four years of your age at any given point. And they're like, as soon as you graduate and go to a city, you never know. And I had a buddy telling me, he was like, yeah, I was at a bar one time and I was really drunk and this girl kept buying me shots. And I was like, damn, this is awesome. This girl's buying me shots. And then a buddy of his had to like pull him to the side and be like, dude, she's a mom. And he was like, 22 yeah. at the time uh so i i totally think that that's like uh definitely a, a relatable thing for a lot of people um and i even you know but at the same time like dating nine years apart isn't i think it's just hilarious like that's not terribly weird i have a couple friends that have uh dated with a wide age gap 
but I yeah, think the yeah, way you found out is so I funny. Think, Just like high school yeah, musical specifically. It like, <laughs> it, it's weird. I mean, obviously, I don't think age inherently poses a massive issue to that. But I do think that, I don't know, at, at 23 and at 32, that's, that's a big gap. gap. Yeah, that's two different completely like areas of life. But one yeah, way that totally. I feel like you could phrase this, especially like in your sort of like quick punch like sort of thing is do a little bit of research and like figure out like all right this and this came out like nine years apart this and this came out nine years apart and then you'd be like i'm blah 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 she's blah 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 just like i yeah like yeah 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 i like that for sure she's snapchat or like no it'd be the other way around but yeah yeah well no because you said in those 15 minutes when you waited to ask her you know how old she thought you were i was wondering like what types of other things was he asking in order to gauge it? Like, I, like I, I don't know. The question that came to my mind was like, hey, just out of curiosity, how vividly do you remember 9-11? Because no, like when you're a kid, all. you're not going to remember that. But I love how yeah, that's yeah. kind of like, and that's, but oh, yeah, like somebody yeah. who's nine years older probably would. So, and I love how that's like such a a, a gauge as to how old somebody is. Well, um, the one yeah, thing no, we that's super about funny. in that 15 minute gap is the movie Good Will Hunting, which is one of my favorite films. And she, and this is so funny to me. So she, mm-hmm. she, um, she's apparently had never seen it. She's like, oh, I've actually never seen it. And I was like, how have you never seen Google hunting? It's one of my favorite films. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, and you were actually <laughs> like, you, yeah, you actually came out. <laughs> I mean, I was technically like, I had just been born when it came out, but I was like, you you were 10 when it came out. You should have. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> I even like called over the, I, the the bar we were at is a bar that the, one of the bartenders is a regular at the coffee shop that I work at. This guy named Johnny, and I was like, "Hey, Johnny, come over here." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Can you believe she's never seen Goodwill Hunting?" And he was like, "What? You've never seen Goodwill Hunting?" She's like, "No." And he goes, "Well, how old are you?" Clearly looking at her, thinking she's younger than she is, right? Because again, I thought she was like twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. She yeah. has a very young face. She's, she's an actress out here. She has commercials and stuff, so it's like. You have one of those like kind of commercial yeah. faces that's incredibly ambiguous with yeah. your age, so she could play. I'm sure, they could put her in makeup to make her look like a mom, but yeah. she could also be <laughs> an eighteen-year-old. And so he clearly thought she was young too, and he was like, "Oh yeah, but how old are you?" And she was like, "She was like, oh, I'm I'm 32." And he kind of looks at me and he's like, "Yeah, you should have seen Good." No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> It, now is that after th- that had to have been after that you was after the high school that you were different ages i told her oh man like, yeah it's in that little gap oh time. okay oh so oh so you yeah, knew for I a while how to bring it up oh. like, well, how do i do that no. <laughs> like that's this is this is pretty much done <laughs> oh man yeah you, yeah you know that's not gonna go like at that point because she's wanting something very different than oh, I yeah, am, probably. 100%. That's super fun. Uh, well, uh, we are coming down to about that time. Uh, are there any last-minute one-liners you want to share, any advice you want to share? Matt, any questions you have or anything yeah. at all from the peanut gallery? I mean, there's so much to talk about, but I do think stage time is just so important. But it's, especially with you guys being able to do the crazy monkeys and stuff, that's uh, that's huge just to be comfortable on stage. But But even then... I don't know if you found this at Purdue, at least. At least out here, there's somewhat of a, like, stand-ups and improvs don't really like each other. And so to find to find people that do both is rare. Mm. And I mean, I do both, but there's a lot that's not super common just because most people, I think stand-ups usually are like, well, I actually write my jokes and I give opinions. And then improvs are like, I'm funny on the spot. 
which is way better than having to write it. And there's like this weird pretension on both uh, sides. Interesting. Um, but I think to be able to like maintain doing both is going to be really beneficial to you guys in the long term. Because at least for me, like especially from a hosting standpoint, because I also host my own like monthly show out here. And doing improv has, I think, helped me, you know, just leaps and bounds from a hosting perspective to be able to like keep the energy of the room up, even when I don't have a specific joke or opinion that I'm sharing. And I'm able to just kind of like interact with the audience and, you know, that kind of stuff has been so fun to have. But, you know, are, are either of you guys thinking like of moving to one of the three cities? I mean, I, I personally am. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, my plan is Chicago at the moment, just because like yeah, I yeah. am kind of leaning on the improv side of things, improv and sketch that is. Um, but like, yeah, definitely. It's yep. not something I want to stop cool. doing by any means. Yeah. Well, uh, Jared, thanks so much uh, for being on our podcast. Uh, do you have any social media or shows coming up within Dude, the next you know, I did. few months that you'd like to <laughs> i had so many i think i had so i've canceled i had to cancel like i think like 12 shows it's such yeah. a bummer and yeah. that's just growing as, as the pandemic goes on and oh geez you know tonight i was supposed to have a show at gray house <laughs> like how no, it's true, yeah. i was gonna be in town i i was gonna be oh, wow. for two weeks doing shows in indiana and like hanging out with people um starting a couple of days ago and then now i'm still in my apartment in la right now so yeah i uh i don't really have shows coming up my i don't know when i'm gonna be in indiana next to, to hit that audience um if any listeners are in los angeles i run a monthly show in culver city um that they can find me on social media it's called the jerry and friends comedy variety show it's mainly stand-up but i try to add some uh character and some improv as well um that's a pretty fun show been having more and bigger bigger headliners that are able to make appearances once i become friends with them and stuff and um uh yeah that, that's been really fun I mean, I, I've had some people on that show that have just been mind-blowingly fun to have on that i've like until recently looked up to for years and then now they're doing my show which is fun um yeah that's awesome and then uh yeah i mean social media uh instagram's best for that for sure which is at cast the bomb k-a-s-s-t-h-e-b-o-m-b but yeah yeah and also follow this man on twitter uh i follow you on twitter and i Appreciate love it. seeing the content you post uh it is my favorite stuff yeah no it, it always makes me laugh i love seeing other people uh being brave and and posting themselves being stupid Thank on yeah, twitter yeah, so it makes uh... me happy that's me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh well, thanks again uh for coming on the pod. Uh this has been Find the Humor. Join us in the future when we keep doing these uh, remote so much, podcast recordings. And as we say at the end of every episode, uh Matt finish finish the phrase. Uh if you don't know uh, if the if the door hits you where the good lord splits you. Is that a phrase? <laughs> no. Okay, well, I'll figure that out some other time. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Super fun. Thank you. Thanks for being on here, Jared. Thanks so much. Bye. (laughs) This has been Find the Humor with Matt Minor and Connor O'Leary.